The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Career day on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and the lessons learned from a great SEO throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us for Career Day is an SEO expert focused on the healthcare space who has also dabbled in comedy and becoming a therapist. Ryan Pertill is the Senior Director of SEO at Healthline Media, which is the second largest and fastest growing consumer health publisher in the world, with domains including healthline.com, medicalnewstoday.com, and greatest.com, Healthline Media reaches over 300 million people a month. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's our interview with Senior Director of SEO at Healthline Media, Ryan Pertill. Ryan, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Uh, as I was mentioning to you, we've been fans, I think, since episode number one. So it's really cool and surreal to actually be on the podcast. I am elated to have you here. It's always great to have a, a member of the SEO community and a listener of the podcast join us. And more than anything, I appreciate you reaching out and saying some kind words of the show and, and sharing it with your team. So it's a love fest here. And I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear your story and uh, learn a little bit about SEO from you. Awesome. So why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about how you got into SEO? Yeah. So I I think if I could track it back to the earliest was I was a senior at Villanova University. And I think like most communication majors in their senior year, they're very worried about finding a job. I had the dual kind of unfortunateness of being a theology minor as well. So I didn't have a ton of employers, you know, knocking down my door, even though Villanova is an awesome university. So at that time, what a lot of people used was 
like career builder and monster and you'd put your resume in and you'd try to find, you know, someone to kind of connect with. And I remember putting my resume in. And the cool thing about Monster and Career Builder was you could search either as someone who's looking for a job or someone who was looking to hire someone. So I started trying to see if I could find myself. Like if I was an employer, could I find me? So I started typing in all these different things in their kind of search and seeing if my resume would pop up. And more and more, I'd be like, I'm nowhere near this. Like I'm on, you know, page nine here. So then I started trying to optimize my press release, you know, or not my press release, my uh, job description, my resume to actually rank for what I thought employees or employers would be searching for. So a lot of this is very like, I didn't realize there's a whole community of people doing this on a much larger scale. But I just started doing all the, all the dumb tactics that you would see kind of black hat SEO doing. So I'm keyword stuffing, I'm putting white text, I'm hiding things behind images to see if I can kind of manipulate the monster and career builder algorithm. And over enough time of studying the people who were coming up in search, I started ranking you know, for all the things I was trying to do. And job offers started coming in. And it was kind of a cool like first light bulb of like, Oh, this is, this is how in the future, as, as, the, as the web kind of continues to scale out, this is going to kind of be the future of you know all sorts of different industries. So that's when the first buttons started going off in my head, and then you know I ended up getting a, a job at an agency level. It was a uh, not SEO at all. It was like early branding PR stuff, right? Because I'm a comms major. But my roommate that I lived with right after college actually worked in paid search, and they're at an agency where they're just starting to do organic search. One of the first search agencies in Philadelphia. So then I started getting exposure through him and eventually started working at that agency and then really starting to cut my teeth on how professionals do SEO. Incredible story. The fact that you are really a, a, a born SEO as opposed to one who decided to get it into a career path that you were doing search optimization before even finding a job. You mentioned that you started off working in an agency. And I see on your LinkedIn page, you were at zero to five, and then you went to Unreal Marketing and then back to zero to five. So talk to me through that early point of your career. Were you bouncing around? Did you go back and forth to the same company or how'd that all happen? Yeah. So how that kind of happened was... So I'm working at zero to five. It's really like a media PR type agency. They do some early brand stuff. Working with very early tech education type startups. Mm -hmm. I'm using some SEO techniques, but really in the realm of PR. So this is at the time where you're like, oh, you could optimize the press release to try to get more eyes on things. Or I'm writing op-eds and I'm like, okay, how can I use search information to try to get this in front of more reporters and things like that. You're just an SEO hiding in a PR man's skin. Basically, yeah. And I thought I was being kind of hacky and, oh, this is just a creative way. But realized like I kind of like that more <laughs> than what I was actually doing. So like the actual pitch process of PR, like I hated. I, you know, I hated calling up people and kind of doing the schmooze of, hey, you should talk to my client about, you know, like I didn't like that. I liked it way more on the digital landscape. But I was able to get by by doing these kind of, you know, I would call them hacks at the time of getting things in getting reporters in front of press releases or whatever. And then essentially what happened was as I got kind of connected with my roommate and 
his kind of agency, they offered me a job to be an SEO copywriter for them because I was a good writer. That's really that early job at zero to five really honed me as a professional writer because you're mm-hmm. you're ghostwriting for CEOs and CMOs and you're you know 22 years old. So you you learn how to write really quickly and and well. But eventually started working as an SEO copywriter. And that's where they really started teaching me SEO. But eventually the original firm reached back out to me and said, Hey, we, we'd like you to come back. And we know you didn't like the you know, media pitching and media training side of things. But we knew- but none of our press releases are showing up in Google. Please help. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they, they reached out and said, Why don't you start up an SEO component at our agency? Like We haven't done it before. You know our business, you know our clients, you kind of know where this might fit in. And now you have a little bit of chops you know, on the SEO side. Why don't you come back and start it up on the agency level? And at that time, the Unreal Marketing, which was a, a crazy fun place to work and just oodles of talent in that group. Like I look back on the people I worked with and they're directors at Google and Razorfish. And it's just an, an amalgamation of just really high talent. But that agency was starting to go on its decline. So they eventually got bought. So you kind of, it was right before they got bought. So I could kind of read the writing on the wall. And it's like, I don't think we're going to be hanging around here much, much more. Talk to me about that experience. There's a lot of people that have come onto the show in our career day segment that have had some experience at both as an in-house marketer and jokingly what I call an outhouse marketer or somebody that's a consultant or an, an agent works at an agency. And a lot of the times the agencies, you know, either are acquired or there's some sort of dynamic shift in the business or they try to expand too fast and something happens. How did you know or what gave you the sense now looking back that the agency wasn't doing well and it was time to go? Yeah. So there was a couple like things that were very clear. So there was kind of like layoffs in different groups and you started seeing things starting to get, you know, kind of streamlined in the sense of covering their expenses. Some other things like there were some certain big clients that we were not, we weren't very well diversified, but they had huge brands. I mean, this is Speedo USA and Chase Manhattan and all these different groups, but they lost a really big client and didn't really like communicate that well internally. But you could kind of hear, you saw different groups saying, Hey, we're not, we're not doing those calls anymore. So it was kind of more like piece by piece. It wasn't like super like overly communicated to the group, but you could kind of feel it. And then I was also at kind of a tail end in that kind of development where it's like, hey, I learned a whole bunch about SEO, but I'd really like to like own it from the start, not just be kind of copywriting. Yeah. I kind of like the, you know, I was starting to get into RFPs and starting to understand technical SEO. So I'm like, oh, this is a cool way that I can start owning this. And then that opportunity came at a, at a really good time for me. I think it's a really important lesson and mostly for people that are early on in their careers or at an agency and they're not really sure about the direction they're heading. A, you know, in agencies, there's a lot of volatility. And it sounds like you were sort of using your instinct and and saw some of the writing on the wall. But I feel like that's an experience that a lot of SEOs have gone through and they sort of wait till the bitter end because they're not really sure. You know, they're sort of heads down trying to do the optimization and aren't paying attention to how their business is doing because they are not working in-house. They don't own the, the the brand relationship. So it's interesting to hear how you figured out what was happening. You went back to zero to five and you, you were now focused on SEO specifically. Mm-hmm. What was the reason you went back to the same company and how was that experience? Yeah. So like the reason originally was, hey, I, I kind of understand these guys, understand their business. There'll be less of a lead up. 
they're giving me a big opportunity to just own something and kind of plug me into their sales pipeline. So I was like, oh, these are all really great opportunities for me. There was also some other things in the terms of like, you know, going back, I also had some, and I think this is a little bit about just being early on in your career. I think when you first go to a place and if you see certain things that don't really jive with your, I don't know, development style or your learning style or how you like to be managed, you kind of think that's the whole world. Like that's how the world operates, like business wise. You don't realize, like, oh, every company has a really distinct culture. If there's certain things that don't align perfectly, you have an opportunity to go to other places and test out different things. But I think I was a little too naive for that. And I kind of thought, oh, I'll go back to this place, but I bet things will be different. Things will feel different kind of culturally. And Zero to Five is a great agency. And I'm not, you know, it just didn't personally like set up really well with me in terms of creating like a development culture that I was looking for. So when I came back, I was a good learning for me was, oh yeah, this is still here. Like I'm not, I wasn't crazy the first time around. I wasn't too young. Like sometimes you can play those games kind of retroactively and say, oh, you know, I was right out of college. You know, I was still learning. That's why it was a struggle to really get developed there. And then you go to a new agency, you're like, oh, this really works. Okay, it's me. I've been maturing. But your culture is so important early on in developing you. And when I went back to Zero to Five, even though I had this new role and the duties I liked a lot more, and there's people there that I'm lifetime friends with, and there's people I like, the culture of really developing and this kind of creative culture wasn't there. Yeah, there is a a dating metaphor, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble for this. (laughs) But it's like when you break up with a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, whoever it is. And you know, you go away, you date other people, and you come back and you start dating that person again, thinking it's going to be different. And it's still the same underlying person, right? And, and companies have their own identity. And because they are an amalgamation of a group of people, it's really hard to change that identity, you know, for better or for worse. You might want a culture that embraces sort of creative freedom and liberty, and they have a ton of structure, not to say they're good or bad, but sometimes you just know that the relationship is or isn't going to work. Eventually, you move on from zero to five and you move pretty far across the country. Talk to me about you know how you landed your next gig. It's, it's a little different. Why don't you tell us the story? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So as I'm at zero to five and I'm kind of... The, the culture's not quite grasping for me. I'm finding myself unhappy, just fundamentally unhappy in like work life and, and personal life and all these things. So I took a little time out and just kind of reflected and tried to feel like, what am I missing in this in this whole thing. You needed more beer. Yeah, well, that was part of it. <laughs> a big part of it was like, I felt I'm not helping anyone, not doing anything that helps anyone. So actually between zero to five and my next career move, I went and got a master's degree in clinical psychology. It's going to be a therapist. So I did three years at Villanova. I stayed with Villanova and did their graduate program in counseling psychology. And it was just... One of the best boot camp for EQ you can possibly do in your life. Like the soft skills that I developed there have been fundamental throughout my success later on in life. So it was such a core foundation of one, finding something like, I got to feel like I'm helping people. I got to feel like I'm selling a product that I really care about. I think that's missed on a lot of particularly young marketers. It's like, oh, I want to be at this company. It's like, do you love that product? Could, could you actually put yourself in the user's shoes? Could you actually? execute on intent the way that a user would. And I think part of that is like knowing your product and loving your product. And 
being in a graduate program really helped me start solidifying like, what are my value systems? What do I care about? So this is all in Philadelphia, like right outside of Philadelphia. During this time, I also meet my now fiance, who's from Marin, from California. She's at grad school at UPenn. We've been, you know, dating now for like four, four or five years. And she goes, I want to go back to California. Uh, would you come back to California? Now, this made things really kind of interesting for me because the rules for being a therapist in different states is different. Mm -hmm. So when you move, when you're all set up to be a therapist in Pennsylvania and you move to California, the rules change on you pretty quick. And uh, all of a sudden, I have an apartment to pay for in San Francisco. And one of the rules in California was the way you acquire... You need to acquire almost about three years of unpaid hours before you're an MFT. That's their scheduling here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I can't... (laughs) can't really afford to not work for three years with, with San Francisco rent. So I found myself in this hard place of, do I go into a PhD program? I had been accepted to USF's PhD program. USS? USF, uh, University of San Francisco. Okay. And uh, do I want to go that route and continue schooling? You know, and then when I'm out, you know, there's less hours you have to do if you're, you know, have a doctor. Right. Or can I find some sort of middle ground where I feel like I'm helping people and kind of doing this other analytical kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And actually, like for me, like SEO and psychology are... I, I've had so many interviews where I go, this is an odd pairing. You know, it seems like it's part... To me, it's not like a departure at all. It's, it's kind of like input-output systems. It's like, what new element can you introduce to a dynamic that you can't really see how it works? And it's going to be super complex, like, you know, the human brain or Google's algorithm, but very complex... And then how can you get a result from that? And then from that result, how do you do it again? What would you change in the input to get an output? So this opportunity kind of came up. And in the meantime, I had worked for a brewery just because I was trying to find... You know, That was kind of my time of like, what do I do? Do I go into the PhD program? Do I try to do something else? So I worked for a brewery and distillery for a little bit doing marketing for them. But really, the big opportunity came with Healthline. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So before we get into, before we get into your current role, I, we, I do want to hear about what you're doing at Healthline. 
the interesting thing to me is you said that there isn't a sort of obvious correlation between becoming a therapist or understanding human psychology and being an SEO. And and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. You know, to me, just as a marketer in general, understanding human behavior, understanding who your customers are, what their value systems are, and, you know, being able to predict and adjust your marketing campaigns to their behaviors is something that is very much tied into human psychology. Now, using Google and manipulating the words that you have on a page and your technical SEO to get it to rank is a tactic. But at the fundamental level, we are all marketers, you know, listening to this show, trying to understand how to provide our users with relevant content. So I do think that there is absolutely a correlation there. I absolutely agree. And and really, and to clarify, like what I was getting from employers or people I was talking to was your career path seems to be... Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I felt. I mean, at the heart of all marketing is is human psychology. Yeah. So having to grasp that that is, is huge. And then also like the world I kind of was in in psychology is a, a branch of, of psychology called Rogerian, which is all user-centric. It's all about how do you focus on the on the relationship with the client? And they found out, hey, actually, the most curative factor that you can have here is a relationship with your therapist. So the, this kind of user centricity, in the, even in the school of psychology that I was most interested in, to me, was a direct correlation into marketing. How do you become super user centric, and then how do you deliver on that promise for your for your user? So you develop some technical skills early on in your career. You're learning SEO. You have some writing skills based on you know, your work out of college. You decide you're going to take a step back and learn a little bit about human psychology. You start slinging some beer, working in PR and marketing for a brewery to pay the bills in San Francisco. Yep. Tell me the story of how you connected the dots and ended up at Healthline. Well, I had a friend reach out to me. Uh, and this is just a good cue for anyone listening of keep your contacts alive from all these agencies. Frank Petovich, who really taught me SEO, is now one of the leaders at Botify, reached out to me and said, Hey, they, they've asked me to go for this senior SEO role in San Francisco. I live in New York, so I'm not going to do that. But I told them I know an SEO in San Francisco if you're interested. And I looked at it and I said, You know what? I kind of like... Where I'm at right now, I kind of like, but the idea that if I do my job really well, I could help a lot of people kind of scratched this double itch for me. Like this curiosity itch I always had on the SEO side of figuring things out. But this other therapist side that was, I, I want to help people. I want to help people have a better life. And as I was kind of looking at like health content around and I wasn't ultimately familiar with Healthline. I just, like everyone else, was kind of Googling around. I just felt content-wise, the content was just so much more empathetic and just so much more usable that I was like, if I do my job well, I'll, I can save lives here. Like, that's really cool. So it kind of worked out kismet. It like, kind of fell on my plate that someone said, hey, here's this opportunity. And I said, yeah, this seems to scratch both itches and, and went and interviewed. Okay, so you you find a role that sort of scratches both itches, as you mentioned, sort of the satiation of being able to put the puzzle together and, and understand how to use the technical skills that you've developed and also the sort of sense of altruism that you want to be able to do something to help the people around you. Uh, talk to me about, you know, what your role is at Healthline. I see that, you know, in the what looks like four years that you've been there, you've been promoted twice. You know, you're quick, obviously moving up 
very quickly. Talk to me about the responsibilities you had and how those changed over the time you've been there. Yeah, absolutely. So I came in as a senior SEO manager and it was a pretty small team. I reported directly to our senior vice president and there was just one other person on the team and they really worked in like a link building capacity, like reaching out, doing outreach and trying to gain links to the site. So it started off pretty small. Since then, now we have like a team of 10 and we have two new domains since that time, Medical News Today and Greatest. So the company has really been growing incredibly fast. The roles... uh, I mean, to, to our management's credit, which I think really allowed me to flourish, they gave me a lot of room to say, hey, you know, we do pretty well in search. You have a good head start here, but build a process around this. Build a team around this. They let me build my own team. Let me really try to figure out where I wanted to send the direction of the company, which was really awesome, especially as someone who's you know just coming from a place where I didn't really have that opportunity to at scale do these things. So it was like a breath of like just pure energy. And I was like, oh, okay, we can do this. One of the first kind of things that we did was like really getting into a data-informed process. The SEO kind of data that we had prior to this was more of just, hey, we check out rankings and we check out organic search. But we didn't have this huge kind of demand process that we have now. And that took years to kind of get set up. But once that engine started moving, it started doing really good. So I manage now like a team of 10. Uh, we span three domains. And our job is really... There's lots of different things. I always say like SEO is the amalgamation of making sure lots of people at Healthline are doing a really good job. That includes our engineers and our designers and obviously our editorial group. So I kind of been emerged in all these groups and kind of act as like a consultant and part team member for all of them. So we do everything on you know the technical side of things. But really, our primary drive is we pick the topics that we're going to write on in the future. And we execute the, on those in a way that will rank really well and drive traffic. Uh, there's all sorts of little side initiatives that are attached to that. But that's the gist of it. As you think back on your career, going from being a student in Villanova as a communication and theology major developing your skills, deciding to take a departure and learn about human psychology, and now back into SEO and moving from a operator to a manager role. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for other people who feel creative, right? Want to solve solutions in the, the way that you did when you found your job? And, and what can you tell them to encourage them to, you know, sort of drive down a path that they feel is right for them? Sure. Great question. The first thing I would just say as advice is like, there is hope. I remember this feeling when I first started out and kind of lacking on the technical skills and lacking on like the upfront stuff and just feeling like, okay, there's no real place for my creativity to shine. There's no real place for, you know, culture building to shine. I find as I've gotten further on in my career, that technical kind of stuff, which you need and, and you're going to get anyway if you're you know starting off. But it becomes less and less important the higher you go. Your emotional intelligence gets more and more important. So your ability to talk to people and influence people and, and really listen and understand problems, those kind of soft skills will shine later on. So I remember having this feeling of if I never got out of the entry-level kind of roles... I would never have had a chance for for these skill sets to shine. The other part of it is like find people that value that. Like when you interview with companies or you're thinking about going somewhere, 
bring those questions to an interview. Talk about, hey, how do you, what sort of culture do you have here in terms of development? Can you give me an idea of, you know, how you've allowed uh, employees to kind of build influencing skill sets later on in their career path? Like those kind of things, there's people out there that care about it and there's people out there that will foster it and are looking for that. So first kind of thing is don't lose hope at all. Second thing is try to get, I would say, experiences on multiple levels. So I tell everyone, if you're going into the SEO world, get agency experience and get in-house experience. They're so different from each other. Both will help you be just a better SEO in general on the tactical side. But the skills that you need, in my opinion, on the agency level are just so different than the skills you need on the in-house but both of them together just make you an unstoppable force. On the agency side, you got to be able to politic. You got to be able to sell a package. You got to be able to understand customer needs on you know various different levels because you're jumping into you know lots of different companies. In house is where you start developing these long set skills. How do you test and iterate? How do you really understand your business and how do you affect it? So I always say, try to get experience on both of those sides and don't lose hope. If, if early on in your career, you feel like you're not being creatively used, that's pretty common. Look for people that will use you. Stand up and uh, try to make a little noise. And, and hopefully, you know, someone gives you an opportunity to kind of uh, bring those skills home. I think it's all incredible advice. And I appreciate that you know, you're taking the long view and you know not just necessarily focusing on what people can do to start the career but finding the path for them. Ryan, let me just say I I, I want to reiterate how much I appreciate you listening to the show, how much I appreciate you reaching out and uh, it's great to have you as our guest and uh, as a, a listener of the show, as the host uh, and, and co-producer. Let me just say thanks for for sticking with us and it's great to have you here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on Ben and uh Looking forward to the the next episodes, and you guys are doing an awesome job. And you know, tell Jordan I said hi. <laughs> no, we'll do. Okay, uh, okay, and that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ryan Pertil, the Senior Director of SEO at Healthline Media. If you'd like to learn more about Ryan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Ryan Pertil two, which is R Y A N P U R T I L L, and the number two. Uh, or you can visit his company's website, which is healthline.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed later this week. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this episode and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Thank you.